With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, the Giants are 11 and 21, and um, they are not making the playoffs this year. If you're, if you're about to click off, don't click off yet, because there's still plenty to talk about. The Giants exist. They have a lot of games to play. And, and Doug Brizzoni's here. Hi, Doug. Oh, hi, Brian. <laughs> I think people should just hang around to listen to you talk about the Giants more than anything. Uh, and also our fantastic guests that we have this week. We have from the website, McCoveyChronicles.com, Sammy Higgins. We also have from the website, Ripple in Time 17, a very active user on the website. Joanne is her name, and she will be joining us. And they'll both be talking about Giants fandom and uh, how they came to McCovey Chronicles and how they view the team and how to improve the team or what they think as fans the Giants should do to improve the team. We are professional paid analysts, Doug. So oh my God, that's true. Our, <laughs> our perspective is that we have to look at what's there, which is um, a garbage scowl, and we have to say, how can we sell this as a luxury yacht? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that is not easy. So I would propose that we punt on the question of what are the Giants going to do for a few minutes to talk about two much more pleasant topics. Willie Mays and Tim Lincecum from 10 years ago. Not, right. not recent Tim Lincecum, from 10 years no, ago. No, <laughs> 10 years ago. Uh, it was Willie Mays' birthday this past week. He turned 86 years old. 86 we talked about him last year on the podcast, and we just kind of just rambled on about how amazing Willie Mays is because it's easy to do. You could you could extemporaneously talk about Willie Mays and Willie Mays facts for probably 40 minutes, any person who's done any reading about him. But because your time is valuable and our time is probably slightly more valuable, just kidding. <laughs> We're very important. <laughs> yes. Um, we just want to bring out this year uh, Willie Mays, obviously greatest baseball player of all time, possibly still, yes, yeah. in the conversation, yeah. top three easily. Yeah. Uh, we want to just kind of talk about our, or just give our favorite Willie Mays stat, and if there's a reason behind it, so be it. Um, and Doug, you're going to go first. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I think the most amazing thing is, you know, you could talk about sort of the ones that everyone knows, the 24 All Star games and everything, but I think what's very impressive is you just look at his stat sheet on Baseball Reference. From 1954 to 1966, 13 full seasons, uh, his worst OPS plus in any season was 146. So his worst year, he was 46% better than the average player, which is insane. There's, I can't remember the last time the Giants had a, maybe Buster Posey 2012 was 146. Maybe. Well, we can look that up in a second. We can look that up. We can look but, that I up mean, and we could add out the dead spot if we want. Yeah, he's 171 in 2012 with Buster Posey. And that's the only year he's been that good. So basically uh, every yeah. year Willie Mays was as good as Buster Posey was when he won the MVP. 
<laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> and folks, that's why uh, advanced statistics are great because the whole point of OPS Plus is relative to, to the league at the time it was being played. So that is fantastic. <laughs> that's great. Say it one more time, Doug. Every, every year... <laughs> From 1954 to 1966, Willie Mays was as good as Buster Posey in his MVP year. (laughs) Or, put it another way, Buster Posey in his entire life was only as good, he was (laughs) only good one time was he as good as Willie Mays, who was as good as that for 12 years. (laughs) Uh, He matched Willie Mays for one year. That's it. That's another way of making Buster Posey amazing. That's me figuring out. That's me thinking out loud here, folks. Right. Buster Posey got to the heights of Willie Mays once in his illustrious career. Uh, and let's be funny if we put Barry Bonds to that test. Uh, well, I'm going to give my stat while we're doing that. I know, I just it would be fun to put it to the same test. My favorite stat, you actually knocked mine off because mine was just going to be fun. He went to Fairfield Industrial High School in Fairfield, Alabama. And I was born and raised in Fairfield, California. (laughs) Well, then. Uh, And and basically, I, in my mind, could not imagine anyone coming from Fairfield and becoming a Fairfield (laughs) and becoming the best of something. It's literally in the name C+. Fairfield (laughs) literally embodies average mediocrity, etc. Barry Bonds... Barry Bonds, if he woke up with Willie Mays' 12-year run of OPS plus of 171, he would kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, His career average is 182. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, Barry Bonds, scary good, obviously. But uh, my other stat for Willie Mays, since since the Fairfield thing is pretty lame... But you inspired me. The OPS plus that he had at his age 40 season, which was his last full season with the Giants, age 40, he had a 158 OPS plus. <laughs> so a 40-year-old was, was 58% uh, higher than the league average or better than the league. That's pretty yep. amazing. Yeah. And he still only garnered uh, 19th place in MVP voting. Probably because he only hit 18. Right. I mean, at that point, Willie Mays had been so great for so long that people were like, whatever. It was also a career high. That year was also a career high in walks and on base percentage. That's crazy. Right. Well, you know, at the time, people didn't really value that like they do now. But he was still either being more selective with his pitches uh, or he was getting even more respect at age 40. Or still getting a, a ton of respect at age forty, that he was basically, it was it was like Barry Bonds during that whole run of the last ten years. Willie Mays is an amazing player. Uh, I'm gonna make a an off color joke. It's great that Willie Mays. We can be sure Willie Mays did not see the Giants playing this week because unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you know, biology and time and everything, his vision has been fading over the last few years, which is really sad. Obviously, um, but he didn't see it. And I would say, what do you think is the percentage of Willie Mays? What, what number of games do you think Willie Mays watches anyway? I'd say 10% of the games in any given season. 
Yeah, I mean, like, he tries, but it's just tough for him, I think. I bet he listens to more than he watches. Or, you know, tries to see or be there for or whatever it is. But I think at this point in time, it's all ceremonial. It's like, why? And when they win all those World Series in that run, it's like, it's all out of your system. <laughs> right. So, what's the point? That's right. He's he's listening to audible.com. He's doing other things. <laughs> That'd be funny Love if he was listening. <laughs> his favorite. He likes Neil deGrasse Tyson taking the fun out of everything <laughs> with audiobooks. Okay, Tim Lincecum's debut 10 years ago now, uh, as this past week. And I definitely remember watching the debut against the Phillies. And it was one of those starts where it was in the shade right where the shadows were an issue yes it was uh, it was a 505 espn game yeah and uh ryan howard that was the big blow there but basically tim lincecum the freak uh the franchise um the undersized guy with the hip issues who should have turned to a reliever and not been (laughs) so stubborn about it that's all the modern the current stuff grant wrote a great post about it last week you should check it out um but doug Tim Lincecum, what what's going to stick with you about him? Well, the the thing that sticks before I get to what sticks with me about his career, the thing that sticks with me about his debut was Shane Victorino being an asshole. Uh, Shane Victorino like batted a ball out of Omar Vizquel's glove. That was or the game. Oh yeah. my god, that, that was, was that game. game. Oh my god, it, it wasn't that. It was it was or no. The, he went he runner went creates the... his own base path. Yeah, that's the one. And and Shane Victorino basically running between first and second base ran from first all the way to not all the way ran towards the pitcher's mound and was somehow was able to be called safe because there was obstruction or something like that it was really stupid but Shane Victorino was zigzagging between first and second base and made Omar and somehow Omar Vizquel was the problem there it was stupid if you find it online find it and scream at God. And ask how Shane Victorino could have existed. So, okay, keep going. Sorry, you just yeah. triggered me. No, that's good. It's, I mean, we need to get that out there. So, um, but uh, I, you know, it's just you remember the two years where he was absolutely electric. You remember the two years where he was fantastic, but somehow that was a letdown. And then there was the rest of it. <laughs> um, but you know, I was I was there at his uh, game one, 2010 NLDS start against the Braves, where he struck out everyone on the planet and threw a shutout, and uh, Posey was safe, and all that happened. And he was—it's the only time I can ever remember a one-zero game where we go to the, bo- the top of the ninth, and I'm like, oh, the Giants are going to win this. Like there wasn't any doubt about it in my mind. He had been that dominant and that great, and that was just who he was. Um, and then I also remember in 2012 when he became terrible suddenly, how fan graphs, said that he should be good just the whole year. His fit was still pretty low and pretty good. He was still striking guys out and you would just watch those starts and be like, maybe FIP has some problems <laughs> because that was a long, sad decline from 10 months ago. Yeah, I mean, all, it was off a cliff, too. Yeah, he was he was just great one day, and then the next day, it was done. I, I mean, 2012 is, is phenomenal because as bad of a season, 
I mean, I don't remember when that article was written, at what point in the season it was written, but his FIP at the end of that year was 418. His ERA was 518, um, which both feel wrong. They both feel like they should be higher. (laughs) His ERA plus was 68. The previous year was 127. He basically became, like, his ERA doubled, and his ERA plus, you know, he became, he was 27% better. He was 32% worse. That, it's just staggering. It basically, he became half the player he was. Uh, but the super reliever in 2012 part was really, that was really something that was exciting because it looked like it could have worked. And, and somehow that pr- compelled the Giants to say, no, that means he still got it. <laughs> they basically <laughs> became the Fangraphs article, and so did he. All, the, all that said, 2013 was a bad year for the Giants, and he actually pitched pretty well. All things yeah, considered. I mean, I would I would take anyone in the rotation having a 437 ERA right now. Right. That would be incredible. Well, for example, his FIP in 2013 was 374, and his yeah. ERA was 437. He had 193 strikeouts. I think that's always the thing with Lincecum. He's looked. I mean, he looked even his last year with uh, last year with the Angels. He had 32 strikeouts and 38 innings. I mean, he probably threw 10,000 pitches to get that. But <laughs> uh, you know, it's somewhat amazing that he could still he still had the strikeout stuff but you know we're going on we're recapping his career you know the deal once his fastball went it wasn't 94 to 98 or you know he was it's just a straight line and paul goldschmidt made a whole career off of his appearances versus tim lincecum uh and tim lincecum just was unable to overpower guys and so he had to sort of trick guys i'm going to say what you said about the Atlanta game was definitely the key moment. That's the strongest memory for me as well. And like you said, oh, one nothing, Giants are going to win this game. That was the fulfillment of sort of a couple of years of like the Giants are building something with their pitching. If the Giants, the, if this group of boneheads who don't know how to play baseball could <laughs> offensively score enough runs to get this great unit of pitchers, and I never thought... Like, to me, Brian Wilson was always an afterthought. And the idea that he got thrown in as being good with the starters, I was like, okay, but the starters can pitch a complete game. Like, that's they're that good. You know, they can go eight innings, whatever it is. And so Lincecum going in there and just shutting the Braves down, it's like, oh, they're, they're doing what good teams do. They got their great pitching in in this window where they're dominant, and now they're in the playoffs. Uh, so it wasn't a surprise, really. Because uh, you look at that 2010 team and you're like, not the greatest offense in the world, but it worked it certainly better than 2009. But uh, that pitching was otherworldly, and he was the front front of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that was definitely it. Um, that that's definitely the strongest memory as well. It was it was an incredible performance for sure, by far. Uh, I would I also have three moments that always come to mind with him. Four, sorry, that's one. Two is the Rockies game where he says effing juiced ball BS. <laughs> yeah. And and then, uh, which I think was 2010 as well. And 20, and then 2010 as well was the World Series where he strands the runner at third and, you say, and he said, you stay there. That was great. And then the fourth one is having to write about his first no-hitter against the Padres. Uh, and not doing a great job with that recap. So that's the selfish <laughs> one. That's on me. Uh, so the, those are my four strongest tendons commitments. 
Um, but, I mean, it, it's incredibly rare that there's sort of an electric talent like that. He's obviously not the power pitcher prototype at all, but his stuff was electric, and I cannot think of another Giants pitcher to have the stuff that he has. He had. I can't, yeah. I can't think of somebody like that. Uh, yeah, Jason I, Schmidt was interesting. Jason Schmidt had that fastball changeup combo that was actually pretty devastating for that brief window of time. Um, he had that fastball that sort of had that that second gear kind of took off, exploded up, and then that changeup or splitter that just dove. And Lincecum sort of had that to some degree too, but just everything he had when he had a slider, when he had a curveball, was great. Yeah, and we the, the only t- comparison I can really think of is. And, you know, he was a reliever, obviously, but Robin slider. It was that kind of dominant pitch that you, you see that. And for a, a few years, when Denlin's come through that changeup, it was just incredible. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting that his two uh, no-hitters against the Padres did not feature the fastball. He, especially the second one, he was definitely just curveballs, sliders, and the and the changeup. Um, and that that always tells you, like, Tim Lincecum has baseball smarts. He's a really good pitcher. He goes with what works. Um, so he always said that. He, was, he always seemed like a good guy, too. He was a good giant. He was a great giant, yeah. uh, personality-wise. All right, so last week we proposed that we would come up with uh, what the Giants could do to change the team and, and make it better and all that stuff. And listen, we failed spectacularly at this last <laughs> year, right? So... This year, we don't want to get too high on the horse. The Giants are not making the playoffs this year. The 10 games under 500, or 10 games under, uh, who cares how far they are in the division? 11, 21, that's not, they're not going anywhere. What I want to do, Doug, is lay the groundwork, because we're going to have time to talk about this. Lay the groundwork for what the Giants should do, obviously in our trained professional mind. And I want to establish just some ground rules. And that the main one being... Who the Giants absolutely are not going to trade. Not who do we not want them to trade, but who we know. We have to, we're basically guessing the organization, who they would never trade in the right. scenario this year. Where, by the way, we are the one conceit we are making here is that the Giants would be sellers this year. The <laughs> Giants organizationally do not believe in that, no matter what. So, there's just to let you fans out there know, there's a very strong likelihood you're not going to see very, you're not going to see any players move, um, which, Maybe not this year is the case, but we have no other reason to believe the Giants would suddenly change 20 years of philosophy just because they're 30 games under 500, which they could very well be. (laughs) By the time July rolls around. So, Doug, I just wanted for going forward, let's establish establish who they would not trade. Okay, well, Buster Posey. They're not trading Buster Posey. I think that's a given. They're yeah, write that contract out. They're gonna have the farewell ceremonies for him, all that stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, two reasons. Madison Bumgarner and is a Buster Posey esque face of the franchise. Two, he's injured and may not ever be the same pitcher again. So <laughs> they couldn't move him if they tried. Uh, I would say, do you have another person? Because I would say those are the only two. Uh, I would say Crawford. Brandon Crawford's incredible. Because the hometown connection. He's a hometown connection, and he's also, even in bad years, you want a good shortstop to make your pitchers look better and feel better and, and develop. And, you know, he probably wants, he likes the, the organization. He likes to stick around. 
He has a no-trade clause. All that sort of adds up to I don't think he's going anywhere. Okay, that's good. Those are good. Three solid players. So that leaves 22 other guys. (laughs) Uh, Or 37 if we want to get really crazy with it. And so for us to think about going into next week, let's each nominate one guy we think the Giants should move. And then we'll come back next week and we'll go, this is what the deal should be. So does that sound fine? Do you have any other caveats you want to add to this? Uh, I mean, my caveats, it, it might be, well, let's just say this. I hope somebody on the Giants is good next week because that'll make them much easier to train. <laughs> they and are playing point, the Mets, which seems don't... like there might be a chance. <laughs> Please, God, somebody be good next week. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm gonna, it's like I'm uh, playing chess. I'm going to slide, I'm going to slide one pawn across. I'm going to go big on my first move here. Joe Panic. Oh. I'm going huge. You're going big? Uh, my reason being, Stellar, like, as Grant pointed out in the recap yesterday, not great offensively, not lighten the place up, but solid. Um, the Giants seem better than solid right now. But a Stellar defender, cost-controllable, so very cheap and young, uh, and a stellar middle infielder. So I think he has tremendous value, and I think he should be the first guy they. That's who I'm putting out. Who do okay. You uh, I'm gonna say Melanson. He's uh, a, a closer. You know, a, a high-priced free agent closer is sort of a, a luxury item for a good team, and the Giants are not a good team. And right. uh, I, I think they can, especially if they, uh, especially if they eat a lot of that contract, which I think they'd be able to. Then I think he's the sort of guy who could move. All right. So Joe Panic, Mark Melanson. Let's hope that in the, between now and when we record the next podcast, they don't <laughs> just trade Brandon Bell. So. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to now go into our guest. We have two great guests this week. And uh, our first guest, she is uh, on the McCovey Chronicles website. She's a commenter. She's great. Uh, I wanted to start bringing people in from the site, Doug, because this is podcast is attached to the site, obviously. And and every year, the community on the website, which if you don't, if you're not a part of it, but you are interested enough in the Giants and you're online enough, you should check it out, McCoveyChronicles.com. It's all the weirdos in the comments beneath each article basically it's community <laughs> and every year they uh hold they sort of do awards an award ceremony for the community and there's like best comment of the year best post or you know best gif because we make a lot of our own gifts there um and best and a spirit award winner basically someone who not only embodies the spirit of the website it's less that just more the spirit of being a good giants fan and uh, this year's was, and it's named after Alex Lewis, who is a longtime commenter who passed away very suddenly, very tragically, uh, several years ago now. It's kind of surprising how many years ago now it's been. Um, but he, so, and he was very much a, a generous, uh, big person of spirit, funny uh, and engaging and, and, you know, never 
created trouble on the site, I guess. That's not the main thing, but basically a good person, whenever he commented, it was something worthwhile uh, and, and nice. And Joanne uh, is our guest and, and Sky Blue 17 Joining us now is the Alex Lewis Memorial Spirit Award winner from 2016, uh, Joanne. Welcome to the McCovey Crimecast. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, I, I'm really interested to know how you found McCovey Chronicles. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm not sure everyone knows this about me, but I live in New York and I am actually not from California, um, but I have a friend that is from the Bay Area and she always just used to retweet McCovey Chronicles into her, you know, onto Twitter or just retweet things that Grant was saying or, or anyone that actually writes for the site. So around 2012, I would say, was probably around when I first started seeing it. And um, I was still a new Giants fan at the time, relatively. And so for me, it was just a place for me to find out more about the Giants. And it kind of was like the only place where I was getting a sort of Giants news and Giants community. Um, so for that, I mean, it was it was great. And as soon as I started getting involved in the community, you know, I kind of got hooked. And here I am a few years later, still pretty involved. So That's great. I mean, I'd like to point out that 2012 is when I began to write for the site. So, well, maybe that, that you know, <laughs> very possible that it was exactly, you know, your specific stories that got me that's hooked. That's it. So. That's it. <laughs> so take that, Grant. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, if people who are listening may not all be people who visit the site frequently, but I, I'm very interested in getting sort of, a, a, I would say, a daily power user. That's a fair assessment, right, of your uh, presence yeah. on the site? Yeah. I would say so. I don't know if I would want to actually uh, describe myself that way, but it's accurate. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, Doug I, and I both were, that's sort of how we, you know, worked our way into this situation. But I'd be very interested in getting a current person, current power users. Like, how would you pitch the site to somebody? <laughs> the actual site, like the site as in the way the articles are written or the site as in the, the community, community experience. Because I feel the like the question it you were avoiding. Too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, can, it can be two different things. Um, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a great community in that I think it's a very honest community. I think you'll find um, feedback from various types of fans, various pe- people who are looking for different types of things from their ex- baseball experience and their team experience. And, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that we that gets talked about, and I think that that's great. I think over the years, a lot of people who are there regularly have gotten to know each other so that we actually can converse in a in a way that, you know, you don't have to always assume that the people that you're talking to need a primer on your personality or your, your background or your knowledge or anything like that. And I think that's one of my favorite things about it is that you can be new or you can be, you know, someone that's been there a while and you can still get something out of the experience and, and have a good time, you know, talking about the Giants, talking about the Warriors, talking about lunch, obviously, um, you know, anything at all. Um, <laughs> it kind of does just become a place to hang out like one when, when you're online and talk about everything. And then, you know, there's also like times where I feel like it's it's kind of almost like a good space to just be able to kind of have like a stream of consciousness about your current thoughts about the team and about the players and not really worry that anyone's going to be like, no, you're stupid, you're wrong. And, you know, we can safely talk about Brandon Belt there without too many people telling us that he's terrible, <laughs> which is definitely a high point for me because he's my favorite player. Um, but yeah, 
And when people do say the Brandon Belt's terrible, then there's like this really satisfying pile <laughs> one, and you're like, you oh really deserve it. Yeah, no, you say something bad about Brandon Belt in there, and you just get this like huge stream, right margin, everybody like, no, what is wrong with you? It's it's kind of satisfying. It's the only place on the internet that I've found that you're able to do that. So, um, yeah. When a conversation on the site, by the way, for those who don't know, when a conversation on the, uh, on the site right margins, it's because... Whenever you reply to a comment, it shifts the it indents basically the next the response to that uh, by like an inch or two. So if you start seeing a conversation go far into the right margin, it's because there are multiple points being made, or mainly one or two points being constantly reworded and reinforced. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And it was sort of a revolution when we could collapse those comments. <laughs> yes, yes, that, that that can be a good thing sometimes too. Yes. Uh, so you're now a Warriors and Sharks and 49ers fan now, right? Um, I don't really do Sharks or 49ers. I'm not super into hockey or, or football, but I did kind of because of hanging around on the COVID Chronicles get into the Warriors. It's hard not to. Uh, people it's talk about seventy five percent of the conversation on the site. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they get talked about a lot, and, and they're fun. So, yeah, I definitely got interested in them, partially because everyone was talking about them, and I've had a chance to go see them play a couple times. So, yeah, you know, like it, it's not like my number baseball is my number one sport, but I definitely can hold a pretty solid conversation about the Warriors, and and I enjoy watching them play when I have the opportunity to. Well, well, they're a lot of fun to watch, and definitely as someone who's a casual basketball fan, it makes it a lot easier to turn on and watch one of those games as opposed to, I don't know, no offense, the Spurs or something like that. So. Right, right. Well, like my hometown team is the Nets, so it's kind of interesting because you go to a Nets-Warriors game, and it's basically a Warriors game. Yeah. There's there's more Warriors fans there than, than Nets fans, and everyone basically you know is there to see the Warriors. Yeah. So that's kind it's of It's like fun, when the Giants play thing. the Padres, except you might see a <laughs> yes. win. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually saw the Warriors lose, and I, I feel kind of cheated because I didn't think that that was a thing that happened. But the first time I saw them, they, they lost. <laughs> so, But since then, I've been lucky. Joanne, I... <laughs> I know. Okay. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. So you didn't cheer loud enough. Everyone knows it. Nobody wanted to tell you. Uh, you needed to write margin your comments at the game. Just get get the oh flow going. Uh, so how did what brought you to baseball, or sort of what what do you like about baseball that drew you to it? This is the question I'm always fascinated by. Well, I grew I grew up going to baseball games. Um, my family are, are Yankee fans. Don't hate don't hate me. Um, so I grew up going to Yankee Stadium, and then you know right around like when I was in high school, I kind of just lost interest in baseball um, and didn't really keep up with it. I I don't have much recollection of what the Yankees did basically for an entire ten year span in between, you know, when I was watching and when I wasn't. Um, and then when I came to get back into baseball, it was mostly be- through the Giants you know I had started lightly paying attention again and then I got kind of just hooked on the Giants run in 2010 and then I was like well this is weird you know I I feel kind of weird because the Giants aren't my team why am I so interested in Giants but it just kept building I, I found that I liked most of the things about the team were things that I wished I could get out of my baseball experience in New York so I was just like, well, maybe I should just be a Giants fan and see how that goes. And it, it's gone pretty well. So <laughs> I think I'll stick with it for a little bit longer. <laughs> Did you find that when you were watching the games, 
uh, and Buster Posey would appear on the screen, your wounds would begin to heal and you would feel revitalized <laughs> and renewed to attack the day. That's usually it was it pretty. It, it was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a weird thing because I didn't actually start actually being able to watch the games until I started buying MLB TV, which was after I had basically committed to um, being a Giants fan. So I my first full season with the Giants, I was only on the radio. And that was a really interesting thing, because up until then, I didn't realize that people still really listen to baseball on the radio. That might sound stupid, but I really didn't notice that people just, you know, consume baseball that way. I thought everyone watched it on TV. And then here I am, you know, basically learning to love a new team through John Miller and Dave Fleming. And I was just like, okay, I think I think this is a good idea. I think I made the right choice here. So that definitely helped me along, too. Well, way back when, that's how the St. Louis Cardinals basically became a nationwide team. KMOX was a huge broadcaster before there were signals crashing through the air constantly. And at night, you could listen to a Cardinals game, I think, as far as Colorado, maybe California. Wow. Uh, but it wow. could you know, get, get everywhere. Uh, so definitely... Radio was definitely, for baseball, has always been invaluable. But yeah. for the most part, it's pretty slim pickings in terms of quality radio broadcasts. Yeah, and I definitely think that, you know, at that time when I was still just kind of getting interested, that that basically helped me say, yes, this is great. And I, I listened to more games because I enjoyed the broadcast so much. So that's definitely a really cool thing. So um, here you go, Larry to get Bear. To experience too. Here you go, Larry Bear. You poach the right, Yankees fan. Yeah, you poach the Yankees <laughs> fan with your radio broadcast. <laughs> Not only was I poached, but my mom's actually okay with it, which is probably like the biggest thing. Um, <laughs> she loves Brandon Crawford, so that's good. Oh, uh, okay. Well, then that's that's gonna kind of lead us into you're talking about Brandon's, but uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, one of the topics that I wanted us to sort of jump in here is on the brain and bell hate you know it's yeah. it's it's in vogue it's it's the hip thing to do uh yeah. is to trash brandon belt the giant's best hitter and so what we wanted to do because none of the reasons make any rational sense <clears throat> and they're right. all born out of people's stereotypes about what a first baseman should be that brandon belt's kind of a goofball and he's affable and he's not you know will clark he doesn't have the pedigree right. of J.T. Snow, where his dad was an athlete, so that somehow, you know, that vouches for any of his... Like, he is automatically in, of the same ilk. That's the J.T. Snow pass. Uh, also you know. the jawline. And the jawline, right. It is a soft jawline <laughs> on Brandon Bell. And, you know, <laughs> being compared to a giraffe, that's right. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so... There's none of the reasons make sense. His his shoulders slump, uh, you know, whatever. His home runs don't look as cool, whatever it is. So we want to get a sense, like, from basically, you, you admitted he's your favorite player. Um, yes. <laughs> and so if you have to trash him, it's going to probably be for the most random reason. So what is the, for you, what is the, what do you fake hate about Brandon Belt, the best hitter on the Giants? I mean, one of the things that that I think is interesting is that he I kind of hate that he always doubles down on thinking that Five Guys burgers are the best burgers just because I kind of oh. think Five Guys is gross. So that's definitely up there. Um, Put that right I, on him. Smacking that label on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know. He, he's mentioned it a couple times, but I think he feels pretty strongly about it. So I, I don't want him to take offense exactly, but personally, no. That, Trash burger strike. opinion. Strike, strike against him. <laughs> Trash burger opinion. Trash I mean, burger. Yeah. He's, he plays for a team in the Bay Area, so in and out has to be right right there. I mean, you can't... And then he's from Texas, which is where Whataburger's from, I think? I, I think, yeah. And so There's honestly no reason that I can see that Five Guys would be better than anything, personally. But he also has specifically said that Five Guys is better than In-N-Out, and I've seen him question people's rankings where In-N-Out was number one and Five Guys was fifth, saying that Five Guys should be first and In-N-Out should be fifth. So this is a problem. It's very offensive. He has no respect for the fans. Yeah, and you know what? No respect for animal-style fries, no respect for Neapolitan milkshakes. I mean, even as someone that's not, like, from California, I understand the value of In-N-Out. Don't get the Five Guys. I think the the secret menu upsets him. Brandon Belt is maybe, not Maybe that's it. I he doesn't like you know, secrets. That, it might make sense. It's, it might be almost, like, a little too, like, too specific. Too hip. That could, that could be it. Yeah. He's, Maybe he's, that might be it. <laughs> he doesn't like <laughs> it. Uh, all right, so trash burger opinions. That's that's a quality. <laughs> that's a quality fake hate. That's good. That'll be one of the reasons when he's traded. That definitely Hank Schulman should throw in the article um, <laughs> about why the Giants are willing to part ways with him. He doesn't <laughs> like in and out enough. So you before know, we get too far, <laughs> before we get too far <laughs> to negativity. Sort of the main reason why, it's not negativity, but, you know, the Giants are what they are, which is a completely worthless, garbage, valueless franchise right now. Uh, so, <laughs> but you are the Spirit Award winner, and, and uh, one of the comments, you know, basically, whenever I see your name, this is from Lyle, quote, whenever I see mm-hmm. your name, meaning you, Sky Blue 17 on the site, I know that intelligent and thoughtful things are being said, often a rarity on the site. <clears throat> and uh, And so... You bring sanity and insightfulness to any discussion that you're involved in, but mainly Spirit Award, the spirit of Alex Lewis, who is a fantastic commenter on the site, just a contributor, a great person, uh, and was fun and easygoing. My shtick has always been that the world is constantly ending, and then after it ends, the ashes are ending, and that's sort of my thing. You're now watching the Giants at their absolute franchise worst. And who yeah. knows where it's going to go. Uh, and so I guess what I want to sort of get at it as how do you and then going online, which is always a toxic thing. I, I just want to say first, thanks for being a, a bright spot on the site, because whatever generation takes over, there always has to be people filling certain roles or just personality types. And so basically you don't take things too seriously. How do you how do you go online and be that just be yourself that way? Well, thank, first of all, thank you for saying so. I'm glad I come across that way because I do try to, even though I think I fall into pits of, of sarcasm and despair just like everyone else. Um, I mean, basically, you know, I, I want baseball to be something that, that's fun for me and that's entertaining on a day-to-day basis. And so, you know, even if things are not good, I try to find something that I can find, you know, that that's interesting, that's fun, that's something I could be like, okay, this was good. I'm glad I tuned into this game. I have to say this weekend, I have not been able to find those things. And it might be one of the first times in a while that I'm just like, wow, there was literally nothing good about these games. Um, But at the same time, you know, you never know what's going to happen any day you, you turn on a baseball game and you never know what 
one player might do, what multiple players might do, what might surprise you. So I like to think of like every day, it's like another chance to maybe something good will happen and we can have a, a fun night. And, you know, if not, then there's another game tomorrow. So that's kind of my, my mindset on it. I try not to get super wrapped up in, oh my gosh, they're falling into this un you know, this this hole that they're not going to be able to dig out of. It's May 6th and they're already this far back, whatever. Yes, that's true. And I do think about that, but I try not to let that be the focus. How um, do you stay up? That's my my last <laughs> question on that. <laughs> on the I don't really, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it can be difficult and I... I don't know. I mean, I have to, I'm going to see them tomorrow and I'm going to see them on Tuesday. So like the timing of this is kind of funny to me. It's like, yay, you know, I get to see the Giants like, you know, once or twice a year. And uh, now is that time. So I'm trying to basically be like, all right, I'm going to go. It's a baseball game. You know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it's fun. If it's not fun, well, you know what? The Mets need to win too because they're kind of going through <laughs> it at the moment too. So like, you know what? Somebody's going to lose. If it's the Giants... They've lost before. They'll win again somehow. I don't know how at this moment, but they will. So that's, that's kind of how I look at it. <laughs> that's as good as you're going to get. <laughs> right now, that's as good as it's going to get. Um, well, that leads, me, that leads me to my last question then. <laughs> you said the Giants are going to win again. What's the change you would make if you had if, – if this was a, um, a computer simulation and you could be the GM and just make a change, what would it be? Any change at all? Any change at all? Uh, like we could trade for someone? Well, <laughs> or realistic trade. Real, the other team would have realistic. to do it too. Yeah, the, you, okay. the computer, the uh, all trades accepted is is not on. So okay, so it would have to be something that actually yeah. can realistically happen right now. That's like, right. okay. I honestly think that they need to get some of the guys who are down with the River Cats up to the, up to the Giants. I think they need to just let them play see what happens. It's not going to be any worse than it currently is, I don't think. I, I find it hard to believe that that's possible. Um, so why not give some of those guys a shot, see what they can do. Stop retreading these random outfielders with veteran you know, experience. That's good. I mean, I understand why they're doing that, but why don't they take a look at who they have right now, take a look at what, what guys they have to fill various roles, find out how that's going to work, get an idea of how that's going to work before you get to July and you're trying to figure out what you're doing trade-wise. So, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of wish – I'm not really sure why Mac is still in, in Sacramento. I don't really know why Austin Slater is in Sacramento. So things like that, I feel like, you know, I love Michael Morse. I love what he did in 2014. I don't understand why he's currently playing. And that's one of the things that, like what you said, where it's like you stay up. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to enjoy when he does something good because he's fun and I like him. But that doesn't mean that I think he really should be here right now. Um, so I kind of hope that they kind of come to their senses roster construction wise and just kind of pull out some guys that need to, to get some experience and see how they do because it's not going to hurt anything at this point. Okay, they, so they look play like the kids. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, it's, it's kind of cliche, I feel like, but it kind of seems like the obvious answer right now. So, But let's say they could only call up one between Mac and Austin Slater. Which one would you rather see up? Assuming the 40-man spot's not an issue. I mean, I would probably right now say Mac just because I know that, that Mac can already, you know, perform at the major league level. He's done it. 
I'm not really sure why he is still in Sacramento. But, I mean, either way, it would be nice because Austin hasn't ever had the experience yet. So why not see how he can do? So, honestly, it, it would be pretty close to a toss-up. I think, well, I don't even know who exactly would be the better, like, talent-wise. I'm not exactly sure how I feel about who would be the better option right now. So honestly, either one, both, all of them, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much, Joanne, for joining us. Uh, and congratulations again uh, for the site. It's, it's very difficult for people to agree on something, especially when it's a positive accolade for <laughs> other people. And, uh, and you definitely bring uh, the right spirit and energy to the site. And we appreciate you coming on. All right. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Joanne. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Our next guest is uh, McCovey Chronicles site contributor, Sammy Higgins. Uh, you're also sort of like the like a social media extraordinaire and a really good uh, presence <laughs> in the comments section, which is very important. Welcome. Thank you for joining us, Sammy. Well, thank you for that intro. That was very nice. <laughs> Uh, I just stumble through everything. Sometimes they work out. Uh, so, <laughs> so you've been watching every minute of Giants baseball this season, and you're still both a fan and a contributor to the uh, website about the team. So what's that all about? <laughs> no, no, you see, I haven't been watching every game, and that's how I am able to still be a fan and not lose my mind. I pick and choose a few games a week. <laughs> Based on just how you're and feeling? And they lose them. <laughs> Um, they look, well, yeah. based on my schedule, and they then they lose them. So you know. Uh, well, how did you come to find like what was your end of the Giants fandom? Was it just parental obligation? They were the Giants were on when you were growing up, or um, did Brandon uh, Belt save your it's life? Blood in, huh? Oh. <laughs> It's blood in and blood out with this family. So um, I was born a Giants fan. My earliest memories are of the 89 earthquake and then the Giants losing the 89 World Series. So, you know, it's pretty intense. The whole family is either Dodgers, Giants, or A's fans. So that's just who we are. Oh, my goodness. Dodgers. How'd that get in there? Um, you know, parts of the family are from L.A. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, certainly... Um... There is not a lot of goodness in there, and yet your presence online is still very upbeat and positive, and, and basically you're not uh, like me or I guess even Doug. Doug's very fair-minded too, though. But you're very much more like the, come on, guys, do better, whereas I'm like, you people are completely worthless. <laughs> Find a new profession. Uh, and I'm sort of just, is that has that always been sort of the thing? Or are you a professional and you realize people are reading this and I shouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> I walk the line on that sometimes because I remember some of my followers and who they are and I think I've got to I've got to keep it a little bit more professional. But inside, I want to just be like, "You guys suck." I mean, yeah, I feel like I have plenty of followers who are who I shouldn't say these things, but I'm still comfortable saying they're the suckiest bunch of sucks who ever sucked. <laughs> <laughs> because I have plausible deniability because it's a Simpsons quote, so people think I don't mean it when I really do. Uh, so, yes, they're really bad. And actually, you coming into the Giants through sort of like a really strong negative memory of them, basically, 
growing up, it's Earthquake series, then uh, the team is about to move, and mm-hmm. then Barry Bonds comes around, and and then the Marlins... The, uh, Barry Bonds comes around, then the Rockies don't can't beat the Braves one time, and then... Uh, let's see, the Marlins happen, and mm-hmm. then the... Uh, the Mets happen, the Angels happen, and... No, and I don't recall that. that. <laughs> the Marlins? Do you remember the Marlins happening again? No. No. Okay. Do you remember Do you remember Steve Finley? You can't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm laughing, so... <laughs> uh, do you remember Tim Lincecum? <laughs> Uh, fondly and sadly. Well, earlier we talked about uh, his 10-year anniversary, uh, the 10-year anniversary of his debut, which sort of is, combined with William A.'s birthday of the past week, sort of the best news of the Giants this yeah. season, um, which is unfortunate. Um, what, what's your, do you have a str- strongest favorite memory of, of uh, Tim Lincecum? Oh, God, how could I pick? Um... I love the no-hitters, but I'm going to have to say Game 5 of the 2010 World Series. Just because it what it meant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's... that's, that's I, mean, I don't think it was his best performance. I mean, I, I, that would go earlier in that postseason. But for me, that one's always going to mean the most because it was something I never thought I would see in my lifetime. So Now here's... Oh, that's great. This is a perfect setup. When did you come to that belief? come to have that belief oh that i would never see it yeah uh 2002 when absolutely nothing happened (laughs) 404 uh season not found yes (laughs) no i actually got a story about that so i was in band in high school as you as some people are and we were at a competition during game six and during our award ceremony the announcer kept giving game updates and we're like watching the score grow up like yeah 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 we get on the bus to come back home, and they're up, you know, as they were. And we get off the bus in Vallejo a couple hours later, and it was just like somebody had died. All the parents were sitting there in their cars with their heads down, and nobody wanted to look at each other. It was awful. And we had no idea. We got off the bus, and we had no idea what happened. Suffice it to say you never made it home that night because your parents <laughs> were too depressed to drive home. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's... Pretty. That's exactly when I, when I had came to that conclusion, and I did some very mild property damage to my dorm room, and I definitely drank three quarters of a bottle of Jameson as well. So, <laughs> it was a dark time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of dark times, <laughs> uh, the Giants are in the absolute toilet, and there's no chance they're going to get to the playoffs this year. So. Retooling is definitely the way to go. And sort of the question we're asking ourselves and our guests is if you're the GM or this is like a computer simulation and you have a chance to make a change, the computer does not accept all trades. So you still have to sort of be within the realm of real, real reality here. If you were to make one change right now to the Giants, what would it be? Outfield. You would just get rid of the position of the outfield? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Robot outfielders. <laughs> oh, you're so Yeah, that's not the same as what I was saying. So you're saying replace biological 
matter with robots with with mechanical instrumentation out there okay no no mostly i mean we need people who actually play in the outfield to be playing in the outfield and not be doing the eduardo nunez brandon belt experience experiment because i was thinking more like those darpa spider dog looking things that you can put out there um those robots i was still thinking in the robots yeah yeah, I it, would be, it would be no more terrifying than Chris Marrero and Aaron Hill. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you have a point. So you're you're advocating find better players, <laughs> put them yeah. in the outfield. <laughs> yes, it's, I know it's a radical concept, but I think on the whole, all of the other kind of areas don't don't really stand out to me as much as the outfielder. I know that the bullpen has its moments. I know that the starting pitchers have their moments, and I know that the batters aren't batting well. But ultimately, I think they need better – I mean, look at Hunter Pence. He's getting up there in age, and then you start looking for outfielders that are going to be there for a little while so that they can, you know, hopefully get everything together at some point and the wheels stop falling off. So it kind of sounds like you're suggesting play the kids. Well, if the kids were healthy, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. They seem to be healthy. All right. I wanted to get clear on that because you are a contributor on the site. You're a writer. You're a big voice. Is uh, is sports writing sort of your angle? That's the that's the horse you want to ride to where you're going career wise, or is this like a great fun hobby side moonlighting type thing? See where it takes me for now. Yeah, I, and I think um, I think you'll notice. I mean, first, everyone should be reading the site every day. Excellent content all the time. <laughs> and Grant certainly is definitely looking for people to take advantage of the open door policy he has for the contributors. So definitely, I, so basically, what I'm saying is, Sammy, for people listening, look for Sammy's stuff on the site. There's going to be even more of it this year. Um, so, uh, and thank you. And I'm glad you joined because it's been, from my standpoint, it's been helpful for breaking news, but mostly it's just <laughs> good to have, uh, it's good to have different voices on the site and just other people on there. Um, because really at this point, my shtick is worn, worn out completely. And, 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 uh, yeah, so there we go. Um, and one last question that I've been insisting that we ask everybody because it's in style to it's still in style somehow to hate Brandon Belt. And I so I want to get I want everyone to come up with a fake reason to hate Brandon Belt because there are no actual good reasons to hate Brandon Belt. You can, you know, he he's he doesn't fit the mold for a first baseman. That's what the media tells us. The the Bay Area media. So if you have to, if you're a KMBR host, let's say, or you're, you're a representative of the Giants ownership group who for whatever reason is okay with putting out the word that Brandon Belt is trash, um, what's the fake reason you would have for hating him? It can't make sense. It shouldn't make sense. Uh, I, I can't. I literally can't. I sent that joke one to you guys on Twitter, but I, that's, I can't come up with any reason not to like Brandon Belt. And it's actually... Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. It's actually what? It's actually one of my biggest pet peeves about all of Giants media, like broadcasters especially. Like in the game yesterday, and Dave felt the need to call out Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt, of all people, just one batter in a lineup full of batters who aren't hitting well. And it just kind of gets really annoying to see the the whole team slump be put on his shoulders. And it's like, but, but the pitchers are giving up like 
12 runs before I can tune into the game. But it's Brandon Belt's fault. Okay, so your criticism of him is that he makes people irrationally criticize him. Sure. <laughs> God, he's so bad about that. It's his fault he's being picked on. All right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you're hanging the victim blaming on him. Uh, all right, that's... <laughs> Okay, Sammy, this is, I think, is part of the journalism process. I'm going to put you on the spot now. Do you have a question uh, for me and or Doug? For us or Doug? How about um, that? I talked enough. I, you've probably already done this already, but I'd like to hear your fake Brandon Belt reasons. Or Brandon Belt hate. I've already done this before on the podcast. We haven't recorded that part of it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> this will lead right into it, Lead right into it, yep. <laughs> Uh, my fake reason for hating Brandon Belt is simply that oh it's got to be really absurd that's right he doesn't have enough kids he's a successful <laughs> player he should have more kids <laughs> I'm uh, my reason for hating Brandon Belt is that his wife hasn't tweeted since 2014 and since she tweeted in 2014 the Giants won the World Series in 2014 Maybe he doesn't love the team enough to ask her to tweet so the Giants will win another World Series. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. It's all family. We got very personal with that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> very personal. <laughs> I mean, but if he can't, if he can't, no wonder he can't hit, he can't reproduce enough. So, <laughs> so that's it. Uh, that was good. That really took us into a dark territory. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Sammy, you're writing on the site, and where can people find you on Twitter? At Sammy Higgins, S-A-M-I-H-I-G-G-I-N-S. All right, and also you tweet out quality content every day, right? Everything. Once in a while. Okay. Once in a while, okay. <laughs> I mean, so I look... can be funny, but I, quality-wise, that's up to you. That's good. That's a great perspective you have on your own materials. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. My goodness. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you. Okay, that was Sammy Higgins. Uh, Doug... I, I think it's good that we have these guests because it means we don't have to talk about the Giants as much. <laughs> That's the plan. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> All right. That, this is great. And um, let's do our Twitter questions and answer. We asked everybody on Twitter, actually, uh, what their rational hatred of Brandon Belt is. And I hope we got some good non-personal answers <laughs> like that weren't attacking him as a, as a father or biological or organism or husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do we have? Did that happen, Doug? Or no, they're all well, about... The first one came from uh, Sammy Higgins, who we, we just heard from, who said, they call him the baby giraffe, but his neck is proportional to his body. False advertisement. <laughs> that's, that's very true. I mean, it kind of feels like Brandon Belt's lying to us. That's right. And he didn't even coin his own nick. He didn't even coin the nickname, but it's his fault. So... Yeah. Excellent. Sam, that's Sammy's a great contributor just for that alone. If you knew nothing else about her work, that is it. That is it. Uh, the next one came comes from at B underscore Demugno. I'm I'm definitely mispronouncing that. Demugno. You want to go? Yeah, but if you want to go find him, you got to put that G in there. So I'm really helping you, the listener, out. 
Um, he said that Belt hasn't won an all-star game, unlike the vastly superior Eric Hosmer. If he can't beat the best, he can't be the best. That Yeah, there we go. It's a good point. I mean, he was he's 0-1 in all-star games. It's it's kind of sad, if we're being honest. <laughs> it's, it's sad, capital S, exclamation point, sad. Yes. <laughs> sad. <laughs> uh, the next one comes from Winston Holyfield at Chowder496. That's Chowder with an E-R at the end, not Chowder. It's Chowder. No, no, it's Chowder. Shout said, during game seven of the 2014 World Series, when Joe Panic broke his belt, Brandon Belt didn't go wrap his arms around Joe's waist. That is getting kind of personal because it's saying he's a bad teammate. But if the shoe fits. That's right. <laughs> and there aren't that many shoes that fit Brandon Belt, so he's got to wear it. But more, more importantly, his name is Brandon Belt. If he yeah. can't even serve his, his purpose... <laughs> What's the point, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next one comes from uh, Cal at Not Really Calvin. Belt is the human embodiment of jorts, and that's why he'll never hit 20 stolen baseballs a season. Very cruel, says the human embodiment of jorts. <laughs> that's, human... that's about as personal as an insult gets, really. That's, that's true. I mean, I don't really know. I actually think it's pretty accurate, too. We we haven't ruled out that Brandon Belt has never worn a pair of jorts before. Brandon Belt might be wearing jorts right now, <laughs> for right. all we know. <laughs> Unless you're listening to this during a game, in which case he's probably not. He's Yeah, he's listening to us right now in jorts, enjoying Five Guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the last one that I saw was from a friend of the Croncast, Rob Hainer who said Belt is the reason for our negative run differential. He sure Belt is. Alone. Yeah, Belt alone. just him. He's he's talked all the pitchers on the team, literally every pitcher on the team, into being bad. It's it's impressive. But yeah, Belt really has ruined this team. So <laughs> He really hasn't. It's just uh there's what there are articles from Hank Schulman fan graphs this past week and then a bunch of Twitter comments from some NFL douchebag uh, from <laughs> earlier in the week when the Giants were winning, uh, when they won the series in L.A. And uh, it's always funny when NFL guys, you know, trot into baseball talk because they're immediately basically like, we only look at people as physical specimens and Brandon Belt profiles as a tall power hitter and he's not a tall power hitter, therefore he's bad. So that's basically, I don't know, it's just stupid. And every year we have to go through this, and I don't, I don't understand why, because it, it's not fun to trash the only good player. It makes no sense to trash the only good offensive player on a team where the 23 other guys are completely terrible. Right. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's very strange, but if we have to keep doing it, well, then we'll come along for the ride. Uh, it looks like we have two random Twitter questions, or we do have two actual Twitter questions for this week. Yes, which we ask we for do. every week on our on at McCroncast, and then Doug. And oh, actually, there's there's a third, there's a third oh, question. Okay. So the first question we got was also from uh, Rob Hainer, who asked Manny slash Harper, which one should the Giants go after? Can they afford either one of them, both? And then as part of the game, he asked, why would the Giants go after them? Because Belt is bad. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> well, Bryce Harper is going to go to the Yankees, and Manny Machado does not want to be here because the Giants suck. Is right. kind of my take on it. But if uh, the Giants it, could get one of them, like pay a fair market price for one of them, I think it would have to be Harper because the outfield is a disaster. I'm totally blanking. Something, for some reason, I thought that Manny Machado, nope, I thought he was represented by Scott Boris. That's how he started his career. Now he's with Dan Lozano. Um, I would say, I mean, I love both of those players so incredibly. It's ridiculous. And a right-handed power hitter will play better at AT AT&T Park than Bryce Harper would. But they're not getting either one of those guys. I mean, Bryce Harper right now, the the starting price is $400 million for like 10 years. So it'll come down, obviously. But there's no way the Giants are going to pay. No, there's no way a hitter is going to come here. There's no way a left-handed hitter is going to come here. There's no way the Giants are going to pay market price for a power hitter. They might have, I mean, they have to shift philosophies before I even think that they would do that. There's, but all the people in place now have been saying for 20 years, we don't do this. So why would they start? So until they do it, I'm not going to change my, I'm not going to think they are going to do it. So pipe dreams. Pipe dreams. They're more likely to re-sign Pablo Sandoval than they, <laughs> to play third base than they are to bring in Manny Machado. They're more likely to re-sign Pablo Sandoval to play center field than they are to bring in Machado. <laughs> and, you know, maybe with the Giants that might actually somehow work. Right. <laughs> uh, Pablo Sandoval is an athlete when he wants to be. <laughs> he can hit. I heard he that a few hit. years That's ago. Right. It's, it's right. never left my mind. Next question from Steve Svensson. You all know Steve Svensson at Svensson19. When Ruggiano's the next... Last, bet in the revolving outfield door to fail. Can we please see Williamson? Need to know if he's a piece going forward. Uh, no, the Giants aren't allowed to call it Mac Williamson ever. I think that's how that works. Uh, I mean, you see him, or you know the score better about him. He's just he's just coming back. He's just rehabbing. He well, so he has he's been optioned. He does not have his swing back to where it was during spring training. It seems like, or maybe like Derek Parker, you know, at the beginning of spring training, he was feasting on pitching that wasn't quite there yet and when once the pitching caught up and you know could throw breaking balls then he had a lot of trouble it's it's, you know there's no real way to tell he has not looked great so far in sacramento he's looked very good defensively so if you wanted to throw out an all defense lineup which at this point sure might as well be good at something um then he should definitely be in there but uh otherwise you can see why he would be still in Sacramento because he needs to get his swing back to where he looks like a major league hitter. Well, none of the Giants really look like major league hitters right now, so he would be in good company. Um, I guess the Ruggiano thing I want to talk about is he's 35 and his on-base percentage in AAA right now is, or before the call-up was 298 and he's slugging like 300-something. So to me, the idea that he would is better than Drew Stubbs is ridiculous. Uh, well, so the thing about Ruggiano is that a lot of that came when he was hurt early in the year. Like he was just playing through an injury. But and my then... point is 35 versus 31 alone. And it makes me think that Drew Stubbs might have had like a Chad Godan type situation happen when the Giants were traveling. 
because it doesn't make any reasonable sense. And Ruggiano has not looked good anyway in the one start he has. No, no, <laughs> I mean, he didn't not. look like he belonged at all. Uh, and so it's just um, I, so I'm I'm sticking with we're going to find out something happened with Drew Stubbs. I think that they just he was just so bad that they're like, well, can't be worse than this. Drew Stubbs, by the way, was not actively terrible. He just was nothing. Well, he, he was actively terrible at hitting was kind of the problem. <laughs> he he stood in the he, the thing is, he looked better than Chris Barrero at the plate. Like when he that's was taking true. his at bats, and that's really all I'm getting at. He was not, you know, he didn't look completely overmatched. But when you look at what he did with the Giants, he was two for twenty-two in twenty-four plate appearances. He was clearly overmatched, which it's hilarious that the Giants gave a guy, cut a guy after twenty-four plate appearances, a veteran. So you know that they're in in panic mode right now if they're going against their long-held philosophical beliefs about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that does it for our Twitter, our Twitter questions. Uh, I believe there's one more. All right. Uh, from baseball at, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. The baseball had an exclamation point at the end, so, you know, I had to do that right. Who asked, if the Giants continue winning at a 40% rate, I know it's lower, but trying to be nice to them, when do you hope they start selling? Right now. Just right now. Right now when all when literally every single player on the roster is at their lowest value. Maybe not right now. <laughs> Maybe they sell guys after they've had a week-long hot streak. I think that the Giants, if if some guys had been good up until now, let's say, because even Brandon Belt and Buster, Buster Posey's been fine. Brandon Belt's been fine. That, that's just it. They've just been fine. All right, what's the yeah. value there? You're not, um, and as we talked about earlier, they're not trading Buster Posey. So I would say that, yes, if there had been some guys who were doing fine, um, I would say Johnny Cueto is probably the closest. Yeah. And and you should probably trade him. If he has another really good start with this blister issue, then or if he has another solid start like he had in Cincinnati, I mean, there was defensive issues. He really only gave up two and runs, blah, blah, blah. He struck out a bunch. It, it, he, didn't, it wasn't, he wasn't terrible. If he has another solid start um, with this blister issue, then I think... I think I think the gloves come off, man. I think you got to start talking this month, because um, it seems like you get the most value if you're trading it in June versus July. But sometimes the market is such that it's like, no, you need to have multiple buyers to drive up demand. But if there's a deal to be made in June to get the guys you want, then why not go for it? So yeah, I remember that. I mean, the Astros did that in 2004 with Carlos Beltran, and uh, it got them to the playoffs. 2004, yeah. 2005. One of those years. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, I mean, we'll talk about it more next week when we get into sort of more of the moves. It'll be interesting because the Yankees are in it this year, and the Yankees have some interesting prospects. Um, and they also have money to take on and, and all that kind of stuff. So that might be an interesting trade partner. But, uh, yeah. Uh, good questions this week. Good Brandon Belt disses. This is good. We love Brandon Belt dearly. He's a He's a – key component to the Giants' run of success the last five years. It's great that we're all taking the time out of our days and nights to trash him. Uh, (laughs) Good-humoredly, because we do love him. Uh, You know, as fans love their players. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Next weekend is Mother's Day, so when we will be recording is little TBD, but uh, 
that's okay because you're all subscribed and you'll just automatically get it and it will appear but we will be back um, and again thanks for listening thanks to our guests uh, Sammy Higgins and Joanne uh, rip one time 17 on the site and we will be back at some point in the next seven to eight days thanks <laughs> thank night. you